Welcome to Bardstown Church of God audio sermons. We hope that this teaching will bless you. Share with us how God is moving in your life and how this message impacts you by visiting us online at bardstowncog.com. Are you ready? It's time for the word. I want to begin this morning with Nolan sharing with you this first video. I want him to share it right now. If if you could share that right now, Nolan. The moment that Heather Dornadon slammed into the ground on the last lap of a 600 meter race in 2008. Heather actually had been the favorite to win. But when the race left only 200 meters, she tripped over another runner's foot, completely devastating her chances of winning. And that's when something absolutely remarkable happened. Heather got up and started chasing down the path. And Dornadon is injured. Her teammate just went to the front, though, so they may she catch him up. She is going to catch Bondor, and she may catch the leader. Wow. She's got one. This is a gutsy effort by Dornadon. I want to draw a parallel from this video. There's many people and people in this room and watching by the way of live stream who you have failed. You have fallen. You may have been tripped up by somebody else like Heather in this video clip. Or you may have been tripped up by some event in life. I say Don't let the trip you've suffered keep you down. Get up. There's still time to win in life. Come on. Make yourself get up. Come on now. Make yourself get up. Talk to yourself. I'm not going to give up. But here remains a statement you're going to help me, or I'm going to make different times of this message is, so what's your next move? Heather had to make a move. What was her next move going to be? Lay there and just walk off defeated? No, she got back up. She made another move. Now I want to share with you another video clip, and it'll be the last one till the end of this, uh, this message. Nolan, if you'll share this. You can only do two things. Make it or miss. That's how simple it is. That's what you try to get to your kids. So they're not afraid of that simple act. When I took that shot, whatever shot it was, in my mind, first of all, I'm thinking I'm gonna make it. Secondly, if I don't, okay, we can come back tomorrow, work hard, make make sure that when I get in that situation again, I'm gonna make the shot. You know, but you don't put the end of the world on that one particular event. And kids sometimes have a tendency to do that. So you, you as a parent, you have to simplify it as, as much as possible to show them that either way, I still love you if you missed that shot. Once again, I want to draw a parallel from that right there, and I'm going to preach out the Word of God here just in a moment. Moment. Someone in this room, maybe you've missed some opportunities in your life. Maybe you've screwed up some opportunities in your life, but you can't stop trying to live and be a winner. You've got to take the next shot. Look at your neighbor and say, take the shot. You may have been in a situation in the past 
that you gave up and you've lost and you've quit. But may I tell you, you must try again. And there's a heavenly father who loves you. This was Michael Jordan speaking to parents about their kids and telling the kids to make the shot. You've got parents who love you. And let me tell you, there's a heavenly father who loves you. And no matter how many times you fail, you can get back up again. you got to make yourself get up. What's your next move? We find a people in our scripture this morning that I'm going to read about in 2 Kings chapter 6. We find the people who need to get up. They need to get up and do something. Somebody needs to make a move is what needs to happen in this text. So I want to begin reading from 2 Kings chapter 6. If you want to go there with me, it's verse 24. And it's going to be a little bit of reading. I'll talk as I go. And it came to pass. So that means something switched and something changed here in Israel. And it says that Benadab, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts or his army and went up and besieged Samaria. This is the capital city of the northern tribes of Israel. And there was a great famine in Samaria. This was where that there was no there was no commerce going on, and there was only the food that they had in the city and there was pretty soon the supplies was going to run out and that was the main desire of the king of Syria is to starve them out. They besieged it and listen, here's how bad it got. This is King James. So don't nobody think I'm bad. Until an ass's head was sold for four pieces of silver, four score, 80 pieces of silver for a donkey's head. That's how bad they, they were starving them out. And then it says, and then the fourth part of the cab of the dove's dung, and that could be manure, and some said it was field peas, for five pieces of silver. This is the, the besiege had been so long of, of this army against them that they began to be willing to eat anything. And as the king of Israel was passing by upon the wall, his name Jehoram, doesn't state that, but we'll talk about that later. He's upon the wall and he's walking and he sees his city of Samaria and he sees the condition. And it said that this woman cries out to him, to the king Jehoram, saying, Help my Lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord do not help thee, which shall I help thee out of the barn floor, out of the wine press? There's nothing left is what he's saying. And the king said unto her, what aileth thee? Now I want to tell you that word aileth. My daddy used that word a lot. Actually, he used it when he was dying. Come into the house one day and he was dying of cancer. And I said, hey, dad, what's ailing? Because he'd say that to me. I'd walk in. He said, what's ailing? I said, what's ailing? He, he put his head out of the cover, suffering. He said, everything. Can I tell you everything in Samaria was ailing? There was problems in this place. And this woman answered the king. The woman said unto me, this woman said unto me, she said, give thy son that we may eat him today. And we will eat your son tomorrow. So we boiled my son and did eat him. And I said unto her on the next day, give thy son that we may eat him. And she's hid her son. And it came to pass when the king heard the words of the woman that he rent his clothes out of pain and passed 
by upon the wall and the people looked. People's watching the king. And he had sackcloth below his royal robe and they knew he was in mourning because of what was going on because of this famine and the enemy facing them. Then he said, God do so and more also to me if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on him this day. He's trying to blame somebody now for the problem. It's the prophet, the man of God. He's blaming God. But Elisha sat in his house and the elders sat with him and the king sent a man from before him, went before him. But ere the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, see, this is Elisha saying, see ye how this son of a murderer, Jehoram, who is he? It's Ahab and Jezebel's boy. His daddy and a mother was a murderer of Naboth because Ahab wanted his wine press so he, and so he, his winery and so he had him killed to get it. He's a murderer and now Jehoram has not changed one bit. He's a king and he's ready to murder the man of God. To silence the voice of God because the prophet was the voice speaking as the voice of God. He said, look, when the messenger cometh in, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. Don't let him, get him inside, don't let him out. Is it not the sound of his master? Jehoram is what he's saying. His feet is coming in right behind him. Shut the door, I got something to say, Elisha says. And while he yet talked with them, behold, the messenger came down unto him. And he said, behold, this evil is of the Lord. What should I wait for the Lord any longer? I'm tired of waiting on God. From our scripture today, from what I've just shared with you, we will draw parallels that speaks to assist you in making your next move. But first, what all had happened in Israel? Let's go over this. And it came to pass after this that Benadad, king of Israel, gathered all the host and went up and besieged Samaria. They're surrounded by the Syrians. No one is going out. No one is coming out, going out of Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria and besieged it. And we understand how everything was sold. This enemy, how strong is he? he the people are, this woman is boiled her child. They're eating, they're cannibals. This is how bad it got. Are not these things what we are saying? Listen. In our mess, in our survival, trying to get through, the desire of the Syrian king, what was it? He wanted Israel to surrender. He wanted them to see that there was no other options. Are these not the things that the enemy, the devil, is trying to plant in your mind? You're facing an enemy, you're surrounded, and the enemy is causing you so much suffering and so much lack. He's just waiting for you to surrender. Can I tell you, you've been through divorce, you've been through heartache, you've been through sickness, you've been through financial difficulty, your kids don't even talk to you anymore, and you know what the devil's trying to do to you? is trying to get you to surrender and say, I don't want to go on any longer. I ask you now, what is your next move? The second thing we identify with this story is, is that nobody is making a move. They're just wanting something for change. They're just waiting for something to change. 
And they're waiting for something to change in Samaria without doing anything. Can I tell you, that's what's wrong with a lot of people in the church world. And that's what's wrong with our world today. They're waiting for a change. They're waiting for something to change. God is waiting on you to make your next move. Can I tell you that right now? Amen. And some of you say, I don't know if I can make the next move, but let me encourage you with the word from the Lord today. And so it says in 2 Kings verses 6, 31 through 33, I'm repeating this. Then he said, God, do so and more also to me if the head of Elisha, the son of Shaphat, shall stand on his head this day. That's what Jehoram said. Elisha told him, told told the people in his house, said, here he comes and his, his servant is with him and he's coming to murder me. The executioner is at the door. And listen what happens. They had given up. This is what, you know what the the king is saying, Jehoram and the people in Samaria, God doesn't even care where we're at and we're just giving up. And Jehoram is blaming everything on God. We give up. He's a murderer. There's sin in Israel. And he's blaming God for the struggle. Is it not what we do many times? We give up and blame God on everything that's happening in our life. We fail to see what the enemy has done. We fail to see our own sin and our own failures that have led to our mess. Maybe you've given up. You've given the enemy permission to do what he's done. God is not Lord of your life. Or maybe he once was Lord of your life, but he's not any longer. Can I tell you, when God is out of the equation of your life, you're inviting the enemy to come in and cause you to surrender, maybe to suicide, for you to surrender to your addiction of of alcohol or pornography or sleeping with people that are not your mate. Can I tell you, the enemy wants you to surrender and go to hell. He wants to take you out. Can I tell you something is about to change in Samaria? Something is about to change. I'm going to prophesy right now. Something is about to change in somebody's life that is sitting on this seat tonight. Or this morning, somebody's life is about to change that is watching Facebook Live. I curse the enemy. I curse hell today. God's word is going to spring forth in this house. Do you not know that God is going to do a new thing in your life? You need to prepare for newness. You need to prepare for change in your life. God is up to something. Something is about to change. See, what's happened is is that you've given place to the devil in your life. You blamed everybody else for what you're going through. You blamed who you are now and who you've become on something that happened to you when you were young or something that happened to you a year ago. But can I tell you, you need to take responsibility of what they may have done wrong. They may have tripped you up in your race, uh, but it's time to get up and run until you've won. Uh, This is not a sprint. This is a marathon. You need to run the race, Paul said, with patience. Uh, You don't need to give up. Just keep running. You will win. You'll get the prize. Ephesians 4 and 27 says, give no place to the devil. Don't give him room to work in your life. 
Take the stick out of his hand that you've given him and don't let him beat you any longer. You forgive whoever's hurt you because God will forgive you. And when you, for, when you understand what you've been forgiven of, you can forgive anybody. Somebody is about to make a move. There's about to come a change in Samaria. It's God who's about ready to make a move. Listen, you can't move until God makes a move first. When his Holy Spirit begins to work in your heart and begins to speak to you, even with the word that I'm preaching you to you today, God is saying, what you going to do? What's your next move? But it starts with God. It's God and he already knows what's going to happen in Samaria. You know that God knows the end from the beginning, don't you? He knows what he's about ready to do for you. And when God starts ready to do something, you know what the devil knows? He knows that he's beginning to lose because there's spiritual darkness in the heavenly places and there's demons against you. But when God steps in with his power, the demons of hell begin to scringe because God has sent reinforcements because God don't want to let go of you. He didn't want to let go of Israel. He wanted Israel to be saved. He was married to the backsliders of Israel. See, God already knew what was happening, and He, out of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and it'll be on the screen for you. So remember, the king is at the door, and his Lord with him, his servant. That's the way it closes out in chapter 6. They're saying, God is the problem. You're the problem, man of God. Your word is the problem. We've come to execute you. But I love this. God makes a move. 2 Kings 7, beginning with verse 1. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. I want somebody in this house today, I want somebody watching by the way of live stream, to hear the word of the Lord to you. This is the word. Remember, they're in famine. The king of Syria is waiting for them to surrender. They're just waiting to die. Then Elijah said, hear the word of the Lord. The Lord's moving. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. They're eating the, the donkey's head, they're eating dove's dung, but tomorrow the Lord said everything is going to change. Then a Lord on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would open the windows of heaven that he might do this thing, he said, Behold, thou shalt see it, Elisha does, with your eyes, but you're not going to enjoy getting to eat it. How is this going to happen? God is going to use somebody. God is going to use a group that is ready to make a move. They're going to make the next move. God made the move to speak his word. And he says, I've already got somebody in mind. I've got some people in mind. I've got somebody in mind that's going to make a move. That's going to change everything. This is how it's going to happen right here. Verses 3 through 5a. And there were four leprous 
men at the entering of the gate. Now listen, the Syrian army is out in the field camp and not allowing anybody to go in or go out. There's no way for them to survive and they're just ready for them to surrender. But there's four leprous men that is outside of the gate of Samaria. What are they doing outside of the gate? Leprosy represents sin. Leprosy represents something that is contagious. And here's these four men, and they're between getting into the city and maybe being able to survive. They're not able to survive either. They're between a rock and a hard place. Come on, somebody. And so these men, they said one to another. If we say, listen, they're living outside of the camp because they couldn't live inside because a leprous under the law could not be in the camp. They had to dwell outside the camp. If we, they say this, they said this, they said, one to another, why sit we here until we die? Somebody's about to make a move. If we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we'll die inside of there eventually. And if we sit still here, we die also. Now, therefore, they're going to make a move. Now, therefore, come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. Somebody needs to know today this is about life and death. And if they kill us, we shall but die. And they arose up in the twilight to go unto the camp of the Syrians. These four leprous men was making a choice. We're going to die if we stay here. We're going to die if we go to the city. So let's do something that is a possibility that we might live, but to do nothing but wait on death is not the answer. I want to tell somebody today for you to remain where you're at and do what you've been doing and all you get is more of the same of hell on earth and the struggle you're in is not the answer. It's time for you not to wait on death or wait on some disease that you're going to go with or you're going to die with something but can I tell you, it's time for you to get up. It's time for you to get up. Look at somebody say Get up, get up, get up. What's your next move? So what is your next move? I'm asking somebody, what's your next move? You want more of the same? You want divorce after divorce? You want to go from one thing to the next? Listen, sin is never satisfied. The more you get a pornography, the more you want. The more you think you'll not become something that you're watching, you'll become that very thing. You think that you're beyond homosexuality, you are not. You're not beyond lesbianism. You set things before you and there's dark spirits in front of you. Can I tell you when all you do is fill your mind up with the corrupt world that we're living in, drugs, alcohol, sex, it'll destroy you. With religion, it will destroy you. You need a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is drawing you right now. He's convicting you. God's making a move. But these men, the next move was this. And when they were come, what was the result of them getting up, making their move? God made the move and spoke his word. These four men, nobody knew, dear God, Nobody knew. And it says, the last part of verse 5, and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, they got there and there was nobody there. 
The enemy was already gone. Where was he? Where was Syria? Where was this big army that had done all of this to God's people? Just waiting on them to surrender. Just in a survival mode. Verses 6 through 20 tells us that these men, when they got up in the twilight, four men, they're walking out to the camp. said, we're not going to sit here and do nothing. They're walking, and what it says is, is that the Lord made it sound like a host, an army. Every footstep these men were taking, all that Syria could hear, the enemy could hear, is the sound of an army. I'm not saying it was necessarily the four men, but I just believe that God sent His angel army and they were going with those men as they walked and it got louder and it got louder and the Syrian army, the trained army to destroy God's people, to destroy souls of men and women. What was happening is is they thought it that Israel had hired the Egyptians and hired the Hittites to come and fight for them. No, it wasn't. It was the Lord God Almighty that had shown up because somebody made a decision to get up and move. So, so they get there and they, they're looking, these four leprous men, and they don't, they can't find nothing. The horses are tied up. These horses are horses that are trained for battle. They're tied up. The donkeys are tied up. As they're walking, there's clothes strewed everywhere, all over the place. Because they heard the sound of God moving. They go into one tent. They've left everything. They didn't take nothing with them. The army didn't. They left everything. Gold, silver, clothing, garments, and the four leopards. And go, oh, yeah, this is our day, boys. We, they go into this and they pull everything out. They go bury it and hide it. They go to the next one and they bury it, take it out. They bury and hide it and say, one of them says, wait a minute, we're not doing good. This is the wrong thing to do. We need to share this. Can I tell you, I want to ask somebody, what's your next move? Are you going to get up and let God begin to make a sound to be heard in your life that the devil understands that he, you are not to be messed with because God is placing his hand upon you again and he will not hold you in bondage any longer and you're going to reap the benefits and not only you, but your family is going to reap the benefits. It's going to be, hey, hey, it's party time. It's party time like never before because a prodigal came home a prodigal son a prodigal daughter because I decided to get up and move this marriage is going to be different the devil is a liar he struck me with cancer one time he'll not strike me the second time I used to be a drug addict and I'm being tempted but I'll not go back because God has laid his hand upon me could it be that your one move changes everything devil will lose and you'll win. You'll get your life back. And if you've never had a life in Christ, you can have a life in Christ. This is the last video and would you show it, Nolan?
Spartans, prepare for glory. There is no glory to be had now. Only retreat or surrender or death. That's an easy choice for us, Arcadian. Spartans never retreat. Spartans never surrender. speak to some people in this room today and watching the live stream. You must not surrender. Don't surrender any longer to the enemy. You need to prepare for glory. The glory of God is coming. The glory, the presence of the Lord is in this house. His power to change your life. Would you stand with me? Never surrender. Every head bowed. What's your next move? What is your next move? This altar time and this prayer time is simple. Would you come? We pray that you were blessed by this message. For more information about Bardstown Church of God, please visit us online at bardstowncog.com. Have a great week.